Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 9, titled... Nim. Okay, so I think it's fair to say that this is more of a transition episode than anything else. Uh, In terms of actual substantive plot points, if I'm being entirely honest with myself, there's not a whole lot going on here. This episode's still really, really good, and it's still a solid hour of television, Uh, But it doesn't move the actual story forward a whole lot. And a lot of that is due to the vast majority of this episode being focused on us as the viewer regaining our sea legs after a massive time jump. Holy crap, we are way in the future, which for us is the past still because this is a period piece now. Uh, We are out of the 80s, into the 90s. It's been four years since Ryan killed himself. Four years since the Mutiny IPO went south. And, uh, turns out a lot lot has changed in that four years. Uh, Cameron has this big series of games that she's been developing in Japan. That's now really popular. Uh, Gordon and Donna are divorced. Which, aww... I was rooting for them. I was rooting for them. The Clarks, my namesake. Uh, oh, That sucks. That really, really sucks. Uh, Mutiny's dead. Mutiny's gone entirely under. Uh, Joe's working some dead-end gig in like a hole in the ground, basically. What else? Am I forgetting something? I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Point is, a lot has changed. Uh, literally everything about the dynamic of this show is different. And it's a really elegantly done time jump. It is really, really magnificent. Uh, and they did a great job. And we'll talk about this more in season four. But once you get into the 90s, like, that period of Halt and Catch Fire, it's essentially the Logan of Halt and Catch Fire. Like, everything just feels broken and depressing, and I love it. Uh, But they handle this time jump very, very well. And I'm very excited to talk about this new era of Halt and Catch Fire. So after... Oh! Donna's a partner at a new VC firm. Uh, Or not a new VC firm. Diane's firm. She just... They got a new sign because she's a partner now. Uh, So Donna getting a significant upgrade. In her career. But anyway. So after we kind of get a sense of what Halt and Catch Fire is like in the 90s. Then stuff actually starts to happen. Uh, Donna gets something coming across her desk. 
We don't know what this is. She has this big idea. She has this big memo that apparently changes everything. We don't know what it is at this point in time. And she thinks it's perfect for Cameron. The problem is, Cameron hates her. So she really doesn't want to approach Cameron. So she calls Joe and is like, Hey, you should go to Comdex. Talk to Cameron, because she's going to be there uh, for her space bike deal. And uh, please talk to her about this thing, because I'm scared. And Joe's basically like, yeah, no, screw you. You want to talk to her? Talk to her yourself. He doesn't even read the memo that she faxes to him. Like, he just leaves that alone. But... This does spark some memories for Joe, and Joe decides, look, I'm not going to give her this idea, but I do kind of want to see Cameron. I'll go to Comtex. Why not? I'll go to Comdex. I'll see her. And so Joe and Cameron meet up there, and they get into all sorts of shenanigans this episode. They are going absolutely nuts at Comdex. Uh, They find those brothers from the first season, from back in 83, that are really terrible at pitching. (laughs) As they pitch the sprinter. (laughs) And just make fun of them and steal all their lighters. (laughs) Uh, They play this little game that is rigged and Cameron always wins. Uh, They talk a little bit about Ryan. Uh, Cameron comforts Joe and is like, hey, look, stop blaming yourself. There's nothing anyone could have done. Nothing you could have done. Nothing I could have done. Nothing literally anyone on this planet could have done. It is not your fault. Stop blaming yourself. Because Joe, he basically got out of tech over Ryan. He basically stepped away from the industry after Ryan killed himself. Which... Do not blame him at all, but Cameron's basically, like, nudging him, like, hey, hey, stop blaming yourself. Stop being an idiot. You couldn't have done anything. And it's this really, really cathartic, really, really beautiful scene. Uh, They go to a party, dance around like idiots, and then Donna's there. Turns out Donna decided, screw it, I'm going to Comdex myself. And she has this conversation with Cameron. It gets heated, to say the least. Cameron is still very much upset about what happened at Mutiny. And Donna's like, look, okay, look, we both did things we're not proud of. If we could go back, we'd do things differently. But I I have something, and it's really, really amazing like, you need to hear this. And Cameron's like, no, F you. The, the, you're a bitch. I hate you. Cameron and Joe goes to the roof where Joe reveals, hey, just so you know, I didn't follow through on this, but Donna wanted me to bring you this idea. I didn't even read the idea. I came for you. And then they decide to call it a night. Quote unquote. And apparently in the 90s, call it a night meant let's have sex. <laughs> Is that 90s code that I'm unfamiliar with? Or did they just flat out go back on what they were saying? I'm pretty sure it's the latter. 
Uh, but yeah, they go down to a hotel room where they're doing the sex. I will remind everyone that Cameron, for the past four years, has been married. So she is fully cheating on her husband. Great. Wonderful. You know what? That shame on you, Cameron. Uh, you should leave uh, Tom and Joe and be with someone else. Maybe someone who, you know, ha- has done an entire podcast about your show for the last month. Call me Mackenzie Davis. <laughs> Getting in my obligatory creepiness, and that's out of my system. Uh, So in the morning, Cameron leaves, and then goes over to Donna's room, and is like, okay, look, what's your idea? And then Donna brings her in and is like, okay, this is my idea. We don't know the idea this episode. Uh, Joe goes back home, and just in a curiosity looks at that fax and starts reading the idea. We still don't know what the idea is this episode. While all this is happening, uh, Gordon is being awkward single dad uh, to Joni, who turns out teenage Joni kind of a bitch. Not gonna lie. Like, she is very much in the rebellious nature. Like, she is just anti-Gordon at this point, just going nuts all over him, chewing him out for like, oh, you don't let me get my way ever. Uh, very manipulative, very mean, very grating. She has not grown up to be a good teenager. Uh, she is very much in the 99.9999% of teenagers that are little shits. Uh, <laughs> as a former teenager, I know 99.999% of them are little shits. I was in the .001%. I was not a little shit, but most of the teenagers around me were little shits. Uh, <laughs> uh, she really wants to go to this party, but Gordon says, no, 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 there's not going to be any parents there. I happen to know that uh, this person's mother isn't going to be there, so... You're not going. And then Joni's really, really mad. Uh, Gordon's going on this date, bringing some lady over and uh, having, like, homemade pasta with her. And Joni's just like, grumble, grumble, grumble. The entire time, at one point, she calls Donna and is like, Mom, Dad won't let me go to the party. And then Donna has to do the whole thing of, like, listen to your father. And Joni tries to pull the move of, like, get Mom and Dad on the phone together, make them fight. She comes out on top. It doesn't work. It backfires miserably. Then when they actually sit down for dinner, Joni goes, like, ultra bitch. By the way, I feel so bad for this woman. Because Gordon's date, like, she's, she's really nice. And she puts up with so much from this little shit. I feel so bad for her. She doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve this at all. 
But Johnny's like, I'm a vegetarian. There's meat in here. You, you know, here's all the inhumane practices that's, uh, that get this meat on the table. I refuse to eat it. Blah, 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 blah. And just gets into this whole rant about cow shit. She goes over to the VCR and starts playing dating tapes. Uh, specifically the dates dating tape. Because, you know, this was in the area of sending videotapes to people. And that was dating services. Tinder before Tinder. But... <laughs> that happens. And then basically... The date goes home and it's like, ah, it was all fine. It was all good. I hate everything. Uh, <laughs> and then Gordon goes to Joni and is like, hey, what the hell? What was that? And Joni's like, oh, you're so pathetic. But then in the morning, Gordon and Joni, they're like, they're just sitting on the couch being father and daughter. Uh, apparently, Gordon's brain damage is has progressed to the point where, in the mornings, he's stiff to the point of having trouble walking. So, that's a thing. And Joni has to help him to the shower. Yeah, a little reminder that Gordon is slowly falling apart inside. That's fun. Uh, and that's the episode. Like I said, I mean, it doesn't push forward. But it, it feels like a prologue episode. Like, it really is a prologue episode to a larger story that will take us to the end of the series. Honestly, it kind of feels like a second pilot to a certain extent. Uh, but still a solid episode. Uh, solid use of a time jump. Solid way to... Get us back into this new era of Halt and Catch Fire, which... Oh boy! There's, uh... There's some shit we're gonna discuss in Halt and Catch Fire 1990, because... My god, it goes to some really cool places. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV Archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer, feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 10, the season finale. Talk to you then.